Hello, this is Invisible Bob. The weather tonight will be queer as heck. Later on, we'll be getting flurries here and there of skits, silly voices, and trans ladies. Coming up sometime tomorrow, we'll have gatherings coming up from the south of things we've played, things we've watched, and then in the evening, we'll be settling down into things we've listened to. Back to the studio. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a narrow and a chinwag and do some silly voices and skits about what we've been up to in our weeks. That's us. That's what we do. That's us and what we do. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm all right. Resoundingly all right. I have many layers. I am ready to stay warm. Yeah, same. It's it's a chilly day. My toes are so cold. Ah, this is why I purchased some slippies. I got I got the I got the chilly tokens. Do you want to borrow my slippies? It's okay, but I I I I've not got the chilly tokens that you you, you redeem the little coins and you get chilly back. Mm. I've not got chilly tokens. I've oh. got chilly tokens. But I like chilly. <laughs> I'm I'm very sorry. I have no chilly tokens oh, and only know. chilly tokens. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to borrow my slippies? It's okay. Because okay. your, your, your toes would be cold up Well, we could swap back and forth. No, it's okay. They're your slippies. I've got slippies somewhere. I just need to find them. Are you talking about your dinosaur slippies? I've got dinosaur slippers. They're great. Arr! I've also got bunny rabbit slippers. They've got little bunnies on the front. One day I will own bunny slippers. I, I, I... Wish is the only place that has ever had slippers in my size that are cute. And those bunny slippers are adorable. I feel... Wait, hang on. Hang on, just cut to the podcast for a moment. Oh! Adult-sized bunny slippers. Oh, heck. Oh, heck, that's adorable. They go up to, like, size 13. Oh, wow. Like, adult size 13. Heck, adult-sized bunny slippers. Yeah, they go up to, like, size 13. And I don't don't have to order them from, from China and wait, like, three months for them to arrive. I don't know where they come from, but... Uh, well, they've got next day delivery on them, so probably not that far. Whom, whom stood have known? Whom stood have known? But yeah, huge fucking bunny slippers. Heck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got distracted by bunny slippers and talk of bunny uh, slippers and bunnies and slippers. Bunny slippers is that's an important thing to get distracted by. Important <laughs> bunny slipper based news. You get it here <laughs> first. Goodness, yeah, it's been other than other than cold. Ha- it's it's been a busy old week. Yeah, yeah, yup. It was busy. So many biz. I I've been I've I've not stopped this week. You haven't. I mean, first of all, there was the poke poker Yeah, which we will released. get into. Yeah. Do you want to start there? As Should... the that like that was almost last week, but this week it's very much now. I feel like I feel like we've got to get into what what we've played because all of the things that have made me busy this week have been things that I've played. Well, let's talk about things we've played. Yeah. So. Pokemon Sword and Shield are out properly now, and I have already put like 40 hours into them. Uh, played a bunch over the weekend. I played a bunch. I've been streaming a bunch of it. I've been doing like four hour long live streams, going through the story, and um, getting real deep into that game. So I know there's people who have had complaints before it came out about like, oh, you, you, they could have done more. They could have, you know, had newer animations and all the Pokemon aren't there, etc. I really don't care. It hasn't bothered me in the slightest. 
There's 400 Pokemon. I'm 40 hours in and I'm like a third of the way through getting the Pokedex. Um, and that's before I've even really started on the shiny stuff. That's good. You have um, been grinding for shiny. I've been be I've been shining for one sh- shiny, but like, shiny. yeah, I did one shiny hunt, but like, this isn't like ah, that's forty hours of pure shiny hunting or anything. Like, it's I'm very much enjoying the the story presentation. Um, they pulled back a lot of the like. There's an evil team of villains, and they're trying to get the legendary Pokemon so that they can destroy the world for a misguided purpose. Um, a, a lot of that plot that's been, like, a growing part of Pokemon has been stripped away, and it's basically just been... No, the Pokemon League is, like, not a thing that everyone completes. It's really hard, and people who, like, couldn't finish it end up being celebrities. Go, go try and do the Pokemon League. That's the thing you want to do, right? Like... Try and not be one of the people who fails halfway through and, and gets booted out. Um, so, like, the the whole presentation of making the, the gyms themselves feel like a big deal rather than a roadblock to that prevents you from going to save the world has been kind of a nice shift. I'm a fan of it. Um, I have been really liking the, the primary rival character you have. Mm-hmm. He starts off as... He starts off as friendly rival who is basically your friend and will help you all the time. There's not much of a rival initially. Uh, thankfully, that's offset because you also have an asshole rival who's just a r- rich, rich boy who is. He, he's like, oh, I got, I got uh, brought into the the league by the chairman. He's more important than you. Mm. Really annoying, very hateable twat of a of a Daddy rival. Put me in. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. Like the fifteen-year-old version of that voice. You have the you have the Etonian child. Yes. So you've got the asshole Etonian rival, and then you've got your French rival. But your French rival has a bit of an arc. Like he starts off like, "Hey, I'm your friend. Everything's great." Then he has a crisis of confidence because he sucks at Pokemon, and then he actually improves. He's like, "Hey, maybe I shouldn't just have three Pokemon of my six slots at any one time. Maybe I should also like swap some of my Pokemon out, swap other ones in, try proper strategies, and." He's getting better, and it's been really nice to watch him, like... All of the things that initially I'm like, you're not a good rival, you're missing basic things about Pokemon, but to watch him realise them and verbalise, like, oh yeah, no, I sucked. I'm gonna get better. I'm like, oh, you're quite sweet now. Perhaps you'll be the very best. Like, no one ever was. Indeed. Yeah. Imagine it. Um, I am very much enjoying my quest to go find all the Pokemon in this, like... Yeah, there's there's 400 or so, which is like about half of what was in in the previous large, largest game. I, actually, I think 400 was about what you could actually find in game and sort in Sun and Moon. You mm. could just you know bring past ones over. Um, the wild area, the big sort of Breath of the Wild esque open area. Initially, I was a bit put off by the fact that you couldn't catch Pokemon that were above a certain level, and honestly, that stopped being a problem pretty quickly. Uh, once you've beaten maybe three or four gyms when you're, like, halfway in, the latter half of the game, the whole uh, wild area is basically like, oh, yeah, you're, you can catch pretty much anything in the game mm. at that point. Um, it, it's not a super unforgiving... It The first time you reach that wild area, it can feel like, oh, I'm not allowed to go there. I'm not allowed to go there because there's Pokemon in the way. Um, that feeling does dissipate, and and I think it's worth, like... 
maybe not worrying about the wild area too much your first visit. Maybe once you've done your first circuit and made it back to the big motorised town, then going to go like, okay, I've got a couple of badges under my belt, now let's try mm. this big area. Um, I'll start shiny hunting, which is a thing. Um, we still don't entirely know how shiny hunting works, but we know some basics and specifics. Um, the number of a specific species of Pokemon that you have lifetime knocked out is one major modifier to your shiny chances. Um, it goes anywhere from, like, the first time you knock out a Pokemon, it puts you up a shiny rating, up to 500 is the top end. Wow. So I went and knocked out 500 Yamper, which is the electric Corgi with a heart on its butt. Um, and then on top of that, you have to try and get a chain of 25 of the same species knocked out in a row, but we don't know what breaks that chain yet because everything's still a bit up in the air. Many corgis died to bring us this information. Indeed. it r Right now, I wouldn't recommend anyone do shiny hunting because there are a lot of unknowns and question marks and we don't know what you can or can't do without accidentally screwing up your chances of a shiny. But I don't mind losing a weekend to just running around in circles doing the same task over and over. So I'm having a lot of fun shiny hunting already. Yay! Woo! Um, yeah, all of the... I, I, I've grown to really like the uh, Gigantamaxing, the big, like, at the, end of, at the end of gym battles, you can have one of your Pokemon go really huge and it gets a different suite of attacks. Um, chonky friends. Yeah, big chonky friends. Um, I didn't... The the mechanic is basically Z-moves and Mega Evolution wrapped up into one thing, but time-limited, which I didn't think I would like, but I really enjoy it in practice. Um, having the ability to make one of your Pokémon really strong and have new moves, but only for a limited amount of time, really made you sort of it makes you question mark, like, when and how do I use it with which Pokémon? It feels a bit more special than some of those previous iterations of the same sort of idea. Mm. Um, yeah... I'm 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 really liking it. I'm also really enjoying the 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 raids that you can do. Um, now that I've worked out how to get online so that I can actually pair up with other people, that seems to be an issue a lot of people have had. You yes, want to tell people how it does. Yeah, so this is a similar thing to what happened in Sun and Moon. Um, it's I, th I would argue even more unclear here. Um, see, when you press the Y button on the controller, you open up the menu for stuff like uh, trading with other people. Um. Surprise trading, which is the replacement for Wonder Trade, etc. And I was clicking on those and just forever, like, looking for someone to pair with and it never found anyone. Mm. That's because you have to press the plus button on your controller to connect to the internet, even if your Switch is already connected to the internet, so that the game will connect to the internet and you can trade with and do things with other people online. Which is why, for the first, like, day, I didn't find anyone to pair up in raids with or couldn't do surprise trade. But I found... I, I worked that out now, and it's really fun doing, like, here is a Pokemon with really strong attacks, and it get It's four against one. You've got four trainers against one big Pokemon, but, like, the big Pokemon you're raiding against, it can... It gets extra turns to attack, and it has a lot more health, and it does a lot more damage, and has special moves. Um, but you get really rewarded for basically just working as a team to take down a Pokemon, and it's... I've been really enjoying it. It's been a good way to find Pokemon that I can't find elsewhere. Um, if you beat the raid, you're pretty much guaranteed a catch of it. Like, if you get to the catch stage, it doesn't matter what you throw, it's gonna stay in the ball, so you don't have to worry about, I beat the raid, but I didn't get to have the reward. Um, 
yeah, I feel like I'm going to lose a lot of time to this game, and I'm excited about that. Yay! It... I'm very excited to lose large parts of my life to Pokemon. Um, I know where I can find a Mimikyu now. I've not found one, but I know where they are. Mimikyu friend. My, my team has got some adorable Pokemon on it already. But it does not yet have Mimikyu. It doesn't yet have Mimikyu, but I have <laughs> a dragon that is made from a little lizard that crawled inside an apple and ate the inside of it and used like the the, the peel to make wings. It's a little apple dragon. Um, that the one, does that evolve from the, the apple? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's one of the two things the apple can evolve into. It can also evolve into like a dragon that doesn't have wings. It's a big sort of like wingless dragon, but it's got a big apple pie on its back. It's really cute. <laughs> so the apple has a worm in it. Yes. A worm with a Y. Uh, I, I suppose worm with a Y, yeah. <laughs> um... I've got a I've got a ghost in a teacup, or now it's in a teapot. I've got a ghost in a teapot. Uh, I have the wheezing with the with the top hat that that looks like a smokestack and a little moustache made out of smoke. Uh, I've got all the starters, and uh, I've got two of those have evolved to their their highest point now, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, what about you? What have you played this week? Uh, I sunk a lot of time into something that was far less fun. So, <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned already that I've been playing Graveyard Keeper. Yes, you have. I was yeah. very much enjoying the, the loop of that. And then I played 16 hours of it on Saturday and achieved nothing. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. Not Absolutely nothing. But I, nothing I, of substance. I automated some things with some zombies that I raised out of corpses. But I still didn't manage to progress anywhere. And I got to a point where one person was like, I need you to get this thing from this person so that we can progress the story. I was like, cool. And this other person was like, I need you to get this thing from the person that asked you to get the thing from me. So that I can give you the thing that they asked from me. Otherwise, I won't be happy enough to give you the thing that they want. And the other person was like, well, I'm not happy enough to give you the thing you want. And I'm looking at the wiki and it's like, somebody else has the thing. Once you've spoken to this person once, they'll they'll tell you that they gave it to someone else. Yeah, but you have to have them at a high enough happiness already to do that. And as far as I'm aware, you can only do that through trading missions. So what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah, you've reached that end game point in these kind of games where there's a dozen systems that are all demanding your time, and it started to feel like a like a mobile game. Yeah, because I realised there's like six forms of currency in that game. Yeah, there's popularity for your trading business, which I only just unlocked at the end of that. I was like, God, more shit that I've got to deal with. Um, then there's like the three types of uh, research that you've got to do. Which you generate through making things or like harvesting certain resources mm. or or research, and then you've got to use that to unlock the th- like six different tech trees. Then Goodness. you've got all the other things to discover. Then you've got like storyline stuff, and the storyline's not even nice. Like they're all horrible people, with the exception of maybe the astrologer and the witch, like. You've that you're trying. You're being asked to do things for the Inquisitor. I don't want to do things for the Inquisitor. He's just turned around to me and said, "Hey, grow some, grow some grapes. Uh, you can use my family's farm. Grow some grapes and um, 
I want to get my soldiers pissed so that they'll find more witches. Because everyone looks like a witch when you're pissed. And then we're going to burn them. Ah, uh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I need you to print up flyers because attendances at witch burnings are really down. Print print some flyers up. It's like, I don't want to do that. Can you um can can you make some uh some statues of me outside the church so that more people will look at me looking really powerful and cool and no what did that game become god it 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 became so many things so many many things that it that were not just, the reason that you got into it I got into it because I was like I I wanted a macabre Stardew Valley. That's yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. But like when they all the religious stuff, all the religious people are horrible. Um does the, that feel deliberate? I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to uh, reflect the 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 Catholic Church as it is or if it's if if they just think haha that's funny or 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 what? Like, because it went from feeling like goth Stardew Valley to edgy Stardew Valley. I was huh. like, no, I don't need this. Yeah. Um, like, and just the the fact that there's so much stuff. Like, there's, like, like Stardew Valley, it has a dungeon section. So you go to the dungeon. Once you've killed any enemy in it, that does not respawn. So once you've cleared it, that's it, over. Yeah. So you only get one go through all of the dungeons. Mm. Furthermore, the dungeons themselves... You, there is so much stuff that you, so much loot that you will get from things that you can't even clear a level without having your inventory completely fill up. It's like, here's nine new powders to deal with. You're going to need to build a new shelf to put that on. So (laughs) that will give you something else to do. Like, I finally got out of the loop of needing more stone, needing more iron, needing more marble, needing more wood by automating that. But that took Hours. Yeah. I upgraded the graveyard because that was one of the, the like the the things that was doing. And I was like, that's the thing I'm working on. I'm pottering on my graveyard. And then the bishop's like, Well, I want you to make statues of me and it's it's all about you need to get yourself uh, aristocrat papers so that you can be seen with me at a party and that'll be really good. It's like what No Goodness. And then the merchant, after hours of like, can you get me some trade? Can you get some trading papers? Like, cool. Okay, we're opening a trading post. So now you have to like fill pallets up with shit and we'll sell it to the next town over, which is in the middle of like a famine. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> I don't like it anymore. And I, and you were in the room at the time, wasn't it? About you were having a bad time. It, I think it was like. 11 o'clock on Saturday and I just went I'm fucking done with this game yeah and it made sense like you'd been muttering about how you felt about it for a (laughs) while and the breaking point felt like it was coming (laughs) uh yeah so I (laughs) I'd started writing a review on it and already given it a score and then after Saturday I was like nope rewriting that God, <laughs> should we talk about another game that we played at the weekend? Yeah, let's the... talk about a night. Uh, I was going to say let's talk about a nice game, but we're going to talk about the game we played at the weekend. The one that made us almost throw up. Mm, Diet Aid, the VR oh, game. Oh God. Um. So I reviewed a game this weekend for Polygon called Golem. Mm. Um. And the premise was like interesting enough. Um. Your sister. You're you're this kid, a young kid living in sort of fantasy place in the desert 
and your sister sneaks you out at night to go, hey, you know how I keep finding all these these rare treasures when we go out looking for stuff to salvage? It's because, you know that big temple that's surrounded by the barriers that no one can go through? I worked out how to use magic to get the golems that are in there that can go through the barrier to bring me all, all the nice treasure out. Um, but while your sister's showing this off, the golem attacks her. Shit, shit goes wrong. Yeah, the golem isn't supposed to be able to do anything when she's not controlling it, but it does. And it seemingly kills her and then falls on you and crushes your legs. And you now... So it's a really chill start. Yeah. So you, you're in, you're trapped in bed and then this ghostly orb that like talks as if it's your sister, maybe it's your sister's ghost, I'm not sure, uh, brings you down this thing that you can use to inhabit the golems. You can sort of astral project it's yourself. A weird wand thing. Yeah, sort of crystal wand that you can use to and and the idea is become the become like animated objects become the golem explore the inside interior of the temple and i don't know what the end goal was was i in there for treasure uh was i in there to maybe save my sister somehow even though the game told me she was dead like the game didn't give me an end goal of why i was doing this just you can be in the golems now go be in the golems um well first of all you have to be in that Oh yeah, you're in a tiny doll first, escaping... Being attacked by bugs. Yeah, being attacked by bugs, it's a whole thing. But the crux of the game is, uh, it's sort of an exploration combat game with, like, roguelike elements of, like, equipment you find. It wants to be a motion control mech game. Yeah, so... At the start of each run, you pick your loadout for your golem. It can have a helmet and which sword and what power core, and these get used up if you die. So, like, you got the game doesn't tell you you can collect these things from other golems you defeat. And there is a um, big problem with the game as a whole: the yeah. lack of feedback. Yes, there's a lot of like the game doesn't tell you you can do things, or uh, like doesn't tell you that you've done things correctly. Like the game is really unclear about things. Like, I didn't know until we read an email from the developer, like, when my review was almost up, that there was an analogue stick control mode. Because, should we talk about the default control scheme for this game? Yeah, we can start there. Yeah. Um, to move your golem around in 3D space, it's a first-person game, you lean forward in your seat to to walk forward While holding the trigger on the motion controller. Oh, yeah, while holding the trigger on the motion controller. You have to, like, lean forward and sit, like, awkwardly slightly forward. Yeah. Um, or lean back to walk back and turn your head to turn. Um, the basic act of moving through that game was motion sickness-inducing, like no VR game I have played. It, it was really bad. The... The only thing even close to comparable, and I think this is worse than that, is that mech game in the PlayStation VR Worlds demo collection is the only other thing I've felt this motion sick trying to play. It got to, it got to a point where we were going through these tunnels right, right in the early game, because you'd had to tag out, and I was like, for the sake of you getting this review done, I will dive in and, and yeah. do a bit for you. It got to a point we were going through those tunnels where the, I could see out of my periphery that there was a big hole in the wall, and if I looked through it, I would probably see like a whole glorious spectacle of the next scene area. And I went, nope, too busy, 
going I'm going straight for the target. Yeah. I'm getting to the end of this. I'm getting through as much of this as I can before my yeah. stomach drops out of my arsehole. No, normally in games I will go if 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 the game tells me to go right, I will go left. I want to see what's over there. Yeah. Uh not in this. No, it was like where is the red flat red flickering banner thing that yeah. I know is the like sign of progress. Yes. It made no sense why that existed where it did to be progress, but fine. Um but yes, so the the basic act of moving was really disorienting for a few reasons. Like, uh, you it doesn't ramp up your momentum when you start moving. You just suddenly are going, which is a bit of a stomach lurcher. Uh, steps where you should sort of like go down a step uh, are treated as slopes, and brain does not like that. Um, you sort of drift as you turn. Like turning around corners feels like you're drifting. Yeah, it feels more like you're supposed to stop, turn, yes, uh, or or use the um. The flash turn thing, yes. like 45 degree turns. Yeah, but the problem is, is like, the game isn't built for that, because you've got such lengthy backtracking to do if you die and have to replay stuff. No one wants to move, stop, turn, move again. Yeah. Like, you're just like, okay, keep so moving. So you very, end, very often end up sort of like, I'm going to turn my head while still uh, leaning in the direction. Yeah, and, just, and just... ultimately what you end up doing is sort of slightly strafing for a little bit yeah. while you... Sort of waggle your head until it straightens up again. Yeah, it's not fun or and, comfortable. And it's the same problem if you use, if you end up using the analog stick to move. Is it, you can't see your controller, and if you're even slightly not perfectly forward, you're strafing, and that gets really disorienting. Yeah, I mean, and going back to the the lack of feedback issue, like you were saying on your first run, it hadn't told you you could equip a thing. No. So that you had a light, so yeah. that you could deal with the bugs. It's yeah, like, I had to you're go. Going in... to have to die. Yeah, I had to go in and die to then get the item that would let uh, to be given the item to not die the next run, which meant having to go down that spiral staircase again. Yeah, which, which was oh. already uncomfortable. Yeah. Also, if you turned your head too fast or too far to either side, you would see a room that wasn't the room you were currently exploring. Well, you because you were like the the story aspect of that is that you're supposed to be you're a like, kid astral projecting. Yeah, you're and you're disabled in bed following the, yeah. the accident. So like you'd be exploring this ancient temple, and if you move your head too fast, you can see the, the bedroom. bedroom where the kid is. And I get... I kept catching that yeah. that chair in the corner of the room out of the corner of my eye, thinking, oh, that's something to yeah. To, no, 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 that's still in the bedroom. And like. I don't know for certain, but my guess is that maybe that was a deliberate design decision to try and be like, hey, uh, to try and tether you to the fact that you're a character in a bed, not the golem itself. But, like, that in my peripheral vision kept, like, completely throwing me and making yeah. me feel really disoriented. Although you did eventually find the settings to sort of tone that down oh, a bit. You, you could basically create a tunnel effect, so everything around the edges of your vision was black and it looks like you're looking through binoculars, but at least you're not seeing the other room so yeah. much. Um, yeah, beyond all that, there's combat, it's basically, you've got a move controller in your hand, motion control, block sword blows that are incoming, then do a sword slash to attack the other golem. Yeah, and and in VR, it was alright. The motion tracking of the sword was good. Yeah. And I, here's the thing, there were times where the comp, uh... That last attempt I made at the game... When you were where, using the analogue When I had the analogue stick so I could sort of step back to block, step forward to attack, without having to try and lean my body in yeah, the moment yeah. to do that. I felt like I was really getting the combat all of a sudden. Like, the, okay, the, the angle that you have to block on is really hyper-specific. Um, I mean, I, I 
did all right with that. I the biggest issue I found was like to be you have mm, if you want to be close enough to the golem that when you slash at it you'll actually hit it. It means that like you're a little too close to get the proper peripheral vision to see exactly where a slash is coming in from. I think yeah, is part you, of the problem. You, basically, what's got to happen is you've got to sort of rock back slightly yeah. enough that you can see all the moves and like basically guess when it's next going to do it. So you basically got to block and start leaning forward. Yeah. In the hope that the next one is the one where you're going to get to um to to Fight actually back. do do a slash at them. But like. When it was working, that combat was at times fun. I could see where the fun was there. The, I think the, the the problem I have with that is with the move controllers, there's no rumble, there's no real feedback. Yeah. And you don't feel connected to it. You get feather duster disease, which is yeah. that whole thing in VR where it's like, I'm not getting any feedback, but I'm uh, apparently I'm waving a sword that's hitting something. And you just end up... Arm forward, waggle, waggle, waggle. And yeah. it just feel, looks and feels ridiculous. Yeah. it It's a real shame, because like the narrative stuff at the beginning of the game seemed really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the characters seemed well acted and voiced. Uh, there were some interesting character designs. The, the, art's quite the nice. environment design looked fab. I just could not play this game without feeling like I was going to vomit. Yeah. And I forced myself to play as many hours as I could over like three days. And I was like, I'm sorry, can't do it. No. Yeah. So go read my thoughts about that on Polygon, because that's... Ooh, that was a mess. I referred to it as Diet Simulator. Yeah. (laughs) Because basically it will put you off eating for a few hours. Yes, it will. (laughs) Uh, What about you? Have you played anything else this week? Ah, I played some some Alien Isolation. Yes, you tried jumping into the DLC. I did. I I (laughs) thought, you know, I really want to... basically care about the cast of the original film. I want to see that. So I, having never played it before, le- leapt immediately into the uh, Expendable Crew DLC or whatever it's called. Yes, yes. And I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, yep, wander around. Oh, the scenery is so pretty. It looks so cool. And the characters uh, look so good. And I know all these things. Yay, this is all cool and familiar. And this weird retro future with the weird CRT screens and <laughs> and, and stuff. But it's it's all kind of cool. And then I went downstairs uh, into the, the bit I was supposed to be doing. I hit a button. I hid behind a table and I died. <laughs> I was like, I don't even understand how I could have done that any better. So <sighs> now I'm going to go through and try the normal game on its easiest mode. <laughs> Yay! Because <laughs> I think the problem with a lot of those games, like... Um, I think Outlast had this. Like, initially, it's really tense. But, like, once you've died, like, twice, maybe three times, it starts to become less tense. Mm. Because you, you you don't have that fear of mortality that is, like, right in there from the beginning. It, it, yeah, I think that lessens the, the sense of fear you have for it. And that's a shame, because... I think that the, the greatness of those games re- lives in that tension. Yeah. In that feeling connected to the character and feeling genuinely terrified that this thing is hunting you or that you're being followed. Yeah. However that is portrayed. Um, but yeah, so I, I was like, I'm going to stick it on the easiest setting. 
so that I'm not doing this constantly reset. Oh god, not again, the thing's killed me. Right, restart. Yeah. I want to keep it to a... It's not going to be as difficult, yeah. but ultimately, if I do die, it's going to be a bit more meaningful. Yeah, and and if you do find it's too easy, you can always turn it up. It's probably. It's probably more frustrating to get frustrated and turn it down. Yeah, um, but you know, I'm. I think you've made. The I right don't call. have time for gaming anymore. I I know. I yeah. barely have time for gaming. There's so much going on. Yeah. This is why streaming is really good. But god damn it, Alien Isolation, you will not run with an overlay. Yeah. And immediately crash every time I load XSplit. So I guess I can't stream that, well, and therefore I can't There's play one it. streaming solution that might work. Ops. Uh, well, it's either we learn to do OBS or laptop. In here, uh, do the HDMI out into my capture input. Yikes. Yeah, and and have XSplit run it that way. So we can probably find a way to make it work. Could do. We could just learn OBS. Could learn OBS. I don't even know if OBS will help, but there we go. (laughs) So then, uh, what else have you played? Uh, The only other thing I've really been playing, uh, and I will probably there will probably be a review up by the time that this goes this goes out. Um, I've been playing Shenmue Three. It should tell you everything you need to know about that game. The review code went out to the big outlets. About eight hours before the game released. So, um, how is um, QTE Simulator? Um, mm, <laughs> okay. Shenmue 1 and 2. Try, uh, mm. Didn't Shenmue invent the QTE? It probably, if it didn't, it popularised it. Okay. Um, the, the first two Shenmue games were very much ahead of their time, but didn't age well. Mm-hmm. They tried to do a lot of features that a lot of later games did sort of refine and, and take on board and did a lot of new things. Um, they're games about a, a guy whose dad has been killed by some mafia people, it seems, and they stole a mirror from his house that had a dragon on it, and he wants revenge for his dad's murder, so he goes out to try and find out what happened. And those those games were famous for, like, Having you do mundane things to pass the time to try and to try and make their world feel more real, uh, and this largely meant you need books. you need money, forklifts and boxes from place to place for a few hours to make the money you need to get a ticket to go to the boss fight. It's not. I wouldn't say it's aged well. Um, so Shenmue Three gets announced, and the big question for everyone is. How much are they going to modernise the formula versus do exactly the same thing in 2019 when most of those things feel really dated? Mm. And the answer is, they've made it visually prettier. Um, But my god, this game feels like it was pushed out the door with no thought to modernising any of the design decisions. And even to a certain extent, like it doesn't feel like a native English speaker went through the script of this and made sure that it that it just passed and made sense because you were saying this morning there were bits that just didn't seem to be making sense. Yeah, may, may I read to you uh, two examples of uh, conversations that I had in this game this morning? Um, let me find. Let me find them. Um, Could you help me? I'm looking for insert name of NPC. No, I didn't. That's that's not what I asked. Can, can you help me? I'm looking for an NPC for this NPC. N- no, I didn't. 
Okay. Um, how do you know, insert NPC, anyway? I guess so. How do you know them? I guess so. Like, that's... That, you get questions and the answers don't match up. It's... It's like... I feel like some of these lines were translated in complete isolation and... No one looked at the translated end result and went like, they're like, that line makes sense, that line makes sense. They didn't look at if the two lines together made hmm. sense. It feels like Is a... Is that, or do you think maybe it's that, like, that it's print, pulling up the wrong answers to the the questions? Uh, the, the answers are always, like, the correct tone. So, like... It, it it's always like the right gist of it. So in those examples, it's like um yeah do you, uh, let let me pull the examples back up to sort of say what I mean. Like oh um how how do you know this NPC? Oh I guess so. Like what what they were going for seemed to be how do you know this NPC? Well I kind of know them. Um mm. it, it's that sort of like wishy washy tone. Uh, could you help me? Uh no I didn't. Should have been like, no, I don't know anything. Sorry. Yeah. Like some of the words and the like the the it, they're never saying yes when they mean no mm. or the or the reverse. It doesn't seem like it's pulling the wrong text. It seems like it's been badly translated. Um, but I've played this game for multiple multiple hours today. Um, and here's what happened. I started the game near a small village. I ran down into the small village. I went on a wild goose chase of about 15 NPCs, none of whose names I knew, who were all not in predictable locations, um, some of whom I had to wait for specific times of day to talk to, going, do you know about the thugs that were in town? Oh, I don't know about the thugs that were in town. Maybe, I believe they'll know about the thugs that were in town. Go find them. Oh, no, I don't know about the thugs, but so-and-so, they saw the thugs. Oh, I saw the thugs, but I didn't actually see anything of them. So-and-so saw the thugs as well. Maybe they'll have more information. Hmm. Just running around this town in circles, getting nowhere. Um, and then you had your big mystery scene. Uh, okay, yeah, let's get to the mystery scene. I eventually found a house that had been ransacked, and it seemed like it was important and had clues. So, I get to do detective vision. And, oh my god, every single thing in this room is an interactable. Um, Every drawer, uh, of which there were many. There were like th I, I counted. There were like thirty drawers in that in that room. Um, and every one of them. Let Let's say there's a drawer and it's interactable. Uh, I have to highlight my thing over it. Press the button. It'll zoom in. Press the button again to open the drawer. It'll show if there's anything interactable in the drawer. You zoom in on the thing that's interactable. Press the button again, and you will get one of three lines that basically sum up as. I'm sorry, that's... It'll be like, I wonder if there's a clue here. I should try looking somewhere else. Hmm, this doesn't seem right. Uh, which all basically mean there's no clue here. And then you have to play all of those animations in reverse to slowly close the drawer again. And it's like, guess I'll try the next drawer. And it's things like, I could move the bed. So I moved the bed and there was something under it. I was like, that's got to be the clue. It was not a clue. <laughs> there was nothing that was a clue under the bed. It just let me move the bed for no reason. Well, because I think people would want to look behind the bed. I, yeah, I guess that there is a reason. Yeah, but, but like at the same time, if it's not going to lead to anything, it can I, fuck off. I, I feel like there is there is a line to walk. Like I think it makes sense in a game like this to have a few things that are red herrings that are not clues that you can interact with. Yeah. But this was overkill. There were too many things that were nothing, and not enough things that were anything that I 
I was, I didn't want to click on anything, so I'm like, it's not going to be a fucking clue. Nothing's a fucking clue. None of this is a clue. Three things were a clue. Three things, well, okay, two things were a clue, and one thing was unrelated and a thing for a separate story mission. Uh, Do you want to go on a side mission and find out which child this truck belongs to? Well, Uh, do you? No, because <laughs> none of the children are helpful. Anytime I try and go, is this toy yours? They're like, oh, are you giving it to me, mister? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to find out whose it is. Meanie. And I don't want to have that conversation anymore with these children. I can't keep distressing these children. I got to have one fight. And the com- I, I maintain the combat in Shenmue is kind of fun. It's basically 3D arena, like, uh, fighting game fighting. It, okay, like it, Virtua Fighter. Yeah, uh, you've got your sort of, like, back steps or your block to um, okay. stay out the way of, of, of harm. Uh, you can sort of sidestep as well. You've got light and heavy punches and kicks, and then you've got, like, a sort of whirl- whirlwind kick if you can get that in. Ooh. Like, that, that combat was fun. I enjoyed doing a fight. Um, but... As much time as I spent doing that, I also had to spend a bunch of time pressing X to chop wood to make money to buy food, because my food meter keeps going down, which is also my health meter, but also my stamina meter. Um, And, oh, so many conversations, so many things end up as, well, I found this list of paper with some names on it. Now I'm going to go talk to every single NPC until one of them knows what it is. And there's like 15 I can talk to, and they're all going to talk around in circles, and it's not going to be interesting. Um, like, there's no way to to know who you should go to. It's pure luck to be, who knows about this one? Um, so is it any God. good? I'm not having a good time with Shenmue 3. It it feels like a really old game. It it fe- If you told me this game was made 15 years ago and this was an HD remake, I would believe you. That, mm. It... It it feels like a really old game that has a nice visual coat of paint. Um, oh, and also, I'm not in, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think there's a transphobic stereotype character like within the first hour. Um, they they're referred to with male pronouns and have a very masculine. They very much have a masculine voice, but they also flirt with the male protagonist and appear to maybe have breasts and wear pink. And everyone's a bit funny about them and. That's a whole thing. I'm not enjoying Shenmue 3. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have never played Shenmue 1 or 2, but I've looked at videos of people playing and gone, this is busy work, the game. It it really is. Like, my one, my hope quietly for Shenmue 3 was streamline it a bit. Yeah. I'll take this game being five hours shorter if it feels like you cut five hours of, of running round in circles not knowing what to do out of it. Do you want to play Bagatelle? Oh, God. Um, in order to progress the story, I had to play hide-and-seek with some children. Um, I had to beat a person at Pachinko, which was pure, pure dumb luck. I just had to keep playing Pachinko until I eventually won. Uh, actually, I've had to do multiple gambling games to progress the story, and they're complete games of chance. How when, how are the gacha machines going? Uh, I got a little toy car out of one of them. That was quite cute. Woo. One of the side missions wants me to get a very specific thing out of a specific gacha machine, and I don't want to do that side mission, because it's just going to be... It's it's not even a gacha machine I care about. It's fishing lures. I, 
I don't want to go and buy all of the fishing lures out of the catch machine to please this kid so he can buy medicine for his granddad. Just let me give you money so you can buy your granddad medicine. Don't make me do a gacha machine. But 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 we, we have to hide all these things behind other things to artificially extend extend the game with no yeah, plot. No, so far I've played hours and what have we discovered? Um the stonemasons were getting attacked. We knew that from five minutes into the game, but like four hours in, it's... <gasps> but what if the connecting thread is that it's all the stonemasons? Maybe we should talk to the other stonemasons about if they are going to get attacked. I'm... I'm not having a good time with Shenmue 3. It's not a good game. I would be interested, if you ever get to the end of it, to just find out how much game there was and how much of it was just extraneous fluff. Yeah, I... I'm gonna see how much I can push myself through it. Because I am working on a review for a a place and I've got... I've got to see how far I can go. I'm being paid to push through this. Uh, Got any others? That's everything I've played, I think. We played some more Magic and some more Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, with the, the slightly adjusted decks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, You tried your Exodia deck and you got Exodia. Uh, did I? Yeah, you Exodia did. Oh, I did Exodia in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I you I you thought, was, you, you thought I'd, I you'd lost it, but then you managed to wangle was, it back out of the graveyard. I was down to six hundred life points. I was almost dead. So close. I was so close. Yeah. But yeah, I, think, I thought it was well paced. I got it just in the nick of time. It was interesting because you barely da- damaged me at all, and then you were just like, "Ha ha, Exodia!" Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing with that deck. It's can I stall? Can I stop you from taking all my life points just long enough for me to pull this off? Yeah. And it's it's on the line because I was down to six hundred, as you saw. Like, it wouldn't have taken much for you to have beaten me. Like, I was very close to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. It was good to try the refined blue eyes deck. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's everything we played. So then, <gasps> time for this. this. Hey, are you are you okay out there? <laughs> um, uh, oh, go- goodness, you you're certainly wrapped up. Um, quite... yeah, it, it, it it's terribly terribly cold. I I had to go out for milk this morning. It looked like it was gonna freeze. Um, <laughs> do, do you wanna do you wanna come in? Do you wanna come in? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, you do appear to be a bit stuck. Um. Do you think you could remove a couple of those layers of clothing? You do have about 30 pairs of, of trousers. Probably about 40 jumpers on. I'm trying to bend any of my limbs. So I can't, like, bend to take anything That's off. That's okay. I can try and give you a hand to get this stuff off. Like, are you happy if I take some of this that off? Is me, the scarf. Okay, okay, I've got the scarf off. There we go. Yeah, I can't really... Bend any of my... I'm not even sure how I got that last mitten on. So, I can, I can take it off if you're okay. Like, I'll just have to take Thanks. a couple of layers off. Just a few layers, you just know, so I can okay. bend we'll, enough we'll to get the get, get the hoodie the... off and... Oh, uh, get the nice oh, hoodie oh, off. Ah, my head's stuck. My head's stuck. Ah, ah, ah. Lift, lift, oh, lift. Oh, oh, there we go, there we go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, I'm free-ish. I mean, there's still just... 80 or 90 more layers to go. Uh, are we going to just have to leave you out here till spring? Oh. 
What, well, if, what if we have a warm, warm winter festival? Um, well, at least you won't be cold. There is that aspect, but I might boil. Oh, no. Uh, Look at the scissors. I made a mistake. I just wanted to be warm. <laughs> it's day 14 of my solitary confinement. The humans have locked all the doors and have abandoned me. I've made count of 14 days alone, unfed, uncared for. But for all I know, with my limited ability to count, it could be a thousand years. I've started to go stir-crazy. I pace the rooms. I look at the food cupboard. Pace the rooms. Look at the food cupboard. I batter glass off the table and look at the food cupboard. Another thousand years has passed. I still have not been fed. I shout. I shout. But my cries go on deaf ears. It is a cruel and unusual punishment these humans have bestowed upon me. The cat. Oh, I'm, I'm back from the shops. Oh, sorry, it was, it was a bit packed. I was gone a full hour. Sorry. Meow. Never fed. Starving. I fed you like three hours ago. I'm dying alone. Meow. Have some fussing. <laughs> so, what have you put in your eye hole, Tracy? I've not put a lot in my eye hole things this week. <laughs> Mainly, I've put the stuff in my eyes that we've both watched together. Mm-hmm. We watched that Shira season four. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness, that escalated, and there were consequences, and I have feelings and fears and mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah, it's it's got some real act do energy. Yeah, th- this is what happened with Voltron. It starts as like, oh, there'll be a little drama here and there, but it's mainly, you know, a uh, misadventure of the week. And then it gets all like, oh, Dog. shit's gone down. <laughs> Everyone is sad and everything's going wrong and nothing is good anymore. I think, isn't that, isn't that how the hero's journey goes? Yeah, pretty much. And I love it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm loving the characters. I'm loving... Some people back. Yeah. Getting some people back. We're getting to see, like, uncover more of the greater mystery. I'm enjoying seeing things that we thought were positive and good be sort of like, ah, we didn't know everything that was going on, or... I don't know where the fuck we go from here. Um, well, I imagine there is now big thing we need to deal with. Yeah, but there's also minor things that we need to deal with. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot going on in that yeah. series. That Shira show's real good, huh? It really fucking is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we watched that the latest episode of The Good Into Place. Ooh, we did. That is another show that I have no clue where it's going. Yeah, we know they're in the last season, so it can only go so far. I don't know how many episodes there are this season, but like, this most recent episode was definitely an episode that for, I think, any other show would have been the finale, and then... Oops, there's another problem to deal with there's now. There's another problem to deal with. Also, can we just address the fact that I laughed solidly for almost 20 minutes? Oh my god. <laughs> I, all, all, I, all I have to say is, I've never seen a show 
dunk on PewDiePie as being the worst human being as masterfully as The Good Place. It's it, worse than Henry it, Kissinger. It, it had such a beautiful build-up and tension to drop that punchline. I have that is the most I've ever seen a piece of media make you laugh. It was beautiful. You were crying. It was wonderful. It was just. I was like, no. <laughs> Out of nowhere, just like uh, just rattling off evil people, and the most evil person Sean could think of was PewDiePie. <laughs> but like that, that undersells how beautifully it was delivered. <laughs> it was so good. It was masterful, and then like, was like, I think it was probably because the episode we watched it over the weekend, and then yesterday morning I started seeing rumblings on Twitter <laughs> that it had been discovered by uh, by PewDiePie's audience. Uh. Um, well, they're, they're cross. Apparently, he doesn't give a fuck. But <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't give a fuck. He's got too much money to give a fuck. But you know, you you know how tribalists be. Yeah. Oh no, they were mean to the person that that I like that said the n word a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the n word a bunch. I'm unsurprised. Yeah. More, I, more, I, more. I once watched a PewDiePie video yeah. just to find out what it was. Yeah. Because I just kept hearing his name over and over and over again. It was one of the Amnesia videos. Yeah. So it was a while ago. Maybe, oh god, maybe coming up on sort of eight years now. And I was just like, this isn't funny. Yeah. So, summary of why PewDiePie is the worst. He he said the M word on on live streams more than once. He's just um, as a Nazi. Yeah. He thought it was really funny to get some kids in Africa to talk about killing all the Jews on video. That was a thing yeah. he did. He he makes a lot of jokes about killing all the Jews for someone who is ostensibly not anti-Semitic. Well, he he likes to do that sort of. It's it's almost the thing. And it's enough that the the people who relate to the thing will very much go, he's doing the thing! But that it gives him just enough deniability. Or he thinks it gives him enough deniability. But everyone's like, no, nah, mate. <laughs> no, that is not deniable. You are a horrible racist. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that really brought things down. Anyway. We, uh, we watched another thing together. We did. We watched The Dark Crystal, uh, Age of Resistance. We started watching that. We're like two episodes in? About that, yeah. Uh, two or three. Mm. Um, I think that that is an infinitely better made piece of media than the original Dark Crystal in terms of like... It's trying to squeeze less into an hour and a half. It's... Well, I, I don't think that, that was even the problem. I don't think the original Dark Crystal had a problem of trying to squeeze things into an hour and a half. It... It padded with a lot of... The original movie, it's it's lovely and it's a visual masterpiece, but it's a lot of, like, telling rather than showing and expositional narration and kind of stilted scenes. I see what you mean. At the same time, I think part of that is technology. And another big part of that is that it comes from reading Brian Froud's books. And they yeah. are... Here is a pretty picture and a page of text. I, I'm I'm not saying I don't understand how it came to be. I understand the dots that connect, but as as an adult having watched the Dark Crystal, I'm like, I can appreciate this for the masterpiece that it was and is. Hmm. 
Even if I don't think it's necessarily a well-made piece of media I'd by... I'd still rather watch Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Labyrinth is an infinitely better paced piece of media, yeah. but th- that, that's why that's one thing I've been really enjoying about the Dark uh, uh, Age of Resistance is, oh, it's the, the characters and the world, uh, the world setting and the lore that I was already really invested in, and the visual sort of mastery of the puppet stuff, in a sort of better paced more interesting story I mm. think yeah which is like that's that's all I really wanted out of this it was nice going through the IMDB page and seeing so many Muppet actors yeah it's like good I'm glad they got sort of like seasoned um, puppeteers on and to do like important voices as well yeah well, not that there aren't their fair share of um, like celebrity voices because you've got Mark Hamill in there as the scientist yeah and uh, was it Simon Pegg as, as Syl yeah yeah, and I was, I was sitting there just going, I know that voice. Yeah. Who is that scientist? I, so the, the Joker. Yeah. So the, the general the general plot stuff going on is the uh, the Skeksis have controlled the, the crystal for hundreds of years, it seems. Uh, we don't know exactly what the time measurements and are. they but basically sucked it dry. They basically sucked it dry, but also like completely convinced all of the other species that like they are omniscient and should never be questioned. And... The crystals run dry, and they're like, "Oops, we need a new source of uh, of power. We can use the crystal to drain the life essence out of creatures. It's a thing we saw in the dark crystal." Yeah. And one one of the gelflings happens to see this happen and go, oh, "I need to stop this." And also, there's a couple of other there's a couple of other plots. Um, yeah, they've not really sort of come to yeah. Like there's there's a there's a gelfling princess that has worked out that like her mother's taking bribes and that maybe the Skeksis aren't on the up and up. There's uh, the other one that's uh, the, the underground the hippie. Trees. Yeah, the underground, underground hippie. hippie. <laughs> who's worked out that there is some sort of disease on the planet. Itself. Yeah, like the tree. The tree told her the world is getting corrupted, you gotta go stop the, the corruption. And these three sort of protagonists are all Seemingly heading towards, we need to fix the same problem, but from different perspectives, and yeah. will eventually clash. One would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really interested. I like I like the cast. Yeah. I I'm I feel like right now the the main protagonist so far has been Gelfling that saw the soul thing. Yes. Um. They they seem like our our le- leading protagonist. They seem to have like the most actiony plot going on at the moment. Yes. And they- and I imagine. Because of what they know, they will be play the largest key at this point. Yeah, they they seem to be the one who has the most connections to other people and people that go along with it. Like the the most like story revolving around them outside of themselves. I must say, I do love the uh, what's the really tiny tiny species called the, the pod- podlings. podlings? Uh, I really like the um, the adventurous podling that we met recently. Ah, hop. Uh, hop. Yes, they're adorable, and I love them. And I would, I would, I would. Jump on a grenade for them. Hop, hop. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else this week? That's pretty much it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well then, time for this. Time for this. We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is Who's It. Uh, what's that? Who or what is that? Well, do you ever like watch a like a show, like an animated show or something like with with voice acting or yeah. even vi- like video games? 
And he's like, I recognise that voice. Who the fuck is that? Oh, oh, that happened like literally to the other day. We were watching that show and I was pretty sure, wasn't certain, pretty sure I could hear Scorpio from She-Ra in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and usually it's, it requires a lot of like weird Googling to find out what's what. IMDb, then scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, like, well, you got to. You what gotta, even is that character you, you, called? You've got to look up the show that you know them from, find what the character is, find the person, then go to their IMDb and then scroll through to look for that show and go, oh, are you on here? Like, there's got to be a better way. Well, there's who's it? It's like Shazam, but for voice actors. What? So I like hold my phone up to the telly while that character is talking, and I will. Get told that that is Mark Hamill being a puppet in yeah. the Dark Crystal. Yeah, exactly that. Would you like that service? That's the service I feel is vital in my life. Would you be willing to pay for that service? Uh, depends what amount. What, 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 Would you I feel ca- happier if there was a discount on the payment of that I, service? I always feel better if there was a discount on my payment. How about 30% off your first month using Who's It? <gasps> that... That that sounds like a bargain. It's available on iOS and Android. <gasps> if you just head over to the various stores over there and just just look for Who's It. That's W H O Z I T. Or you can head over to Who's It. Dot and you can get thirty percent off your first month subscription of Who's It. And never be like shocked by who a thing is as well. Also, if you want to seem really clever, you can just sort of. Casually have the app open, and everyone's like, who is that? I know that voice. Who is that voice? I know that voice. Ah, like, it's Scorpio from <laughs> She-Ra. Oh, I, I, I was just, hmm, <laughs> that appears to be Scorpio from She-Ra. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Twiddles moustache. Uh, can you go download that right now? Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. 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 Hi, sir. How's, how's evil, bi- sorry, biz- business been going this week? Well, you know, uh, we've got that big launch, so I, I think their temperatures have been running kind of high for that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You know, we've had a lot of interns to flog, and some of upper management have actually had to do some work. Oh, oh God, ter- terror, actually having to do some work. Right? I mean, that's not what they pay us for. No, no, God, no. So... Where where are you at with that? How's how's that all been going? Well, you know, it's this streaming console oh, thing the, that isn't really a console. The thing where they pay us for games, but we never actually give them the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, stream yeah. it, and and we hope that their internet suppliers just uh, give them the capacity to use that. Ha! I mean, hopefully by then we'll already have like a year subscription out of them. So if nothing else, that will just be uh, just going on there. Maybe they'll forget it. It'll be like a gym membership. <laughs> they'll stop using it, but they'll keep playing the subscription. Yeah. And we'll make it really fucking hard to cancel. <laughs> what other kind of cancellation is there? Right? So, uh, well, there has been some problems with that. What, what kind of problems? It's not ready. Like, at all. I mean, like, how, how not ready? I mean, the the... Controllers exist, and the subscription website exists, and we have shipped the controllers out to stores, but uh, there's not really any games, any exclusive content, any real reason to buy it. And, you know, as you mentioned, like, we don't, they don't ever own the games, and somehow that got out. So they're, they're aware of that situation. Wait, they're un- and they're not happy about that. 
Oh, like that 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 makes us more money and gives them less security. What's not to love? Well, we haven't quite got the same level of tribalism behind this as we do behind most of our other nefarious you know, oh, our, uh, <laughs> schemes. Schemes, uh, pl- plans, pl- ploys, corporate uh... ideas. <laughs> sure. Yeah, basically we had to put out just a like a roadmap. You know how people like the roadmap. Oh, that we thing do? where we promise stuff, but they they don't actually have it yet. So yeah, like, you know, it's we we make a promise, and that's as good as actually doing the work. Yeah, I mean, right? That's, yeah, yeah, we, that's we, enough, right? Sort of that that uh, that online spacey people shooty game did. Yeah, we, yeah, they the, never the ma- one with the flying. Yeah, games, they ne- yeah. they never made their roadmap, and they're still fine, right? So, uh, yeah, we're promising uh, all the features that we said six months ago were going to be available at launch. Some of them are going to be available by the end of the year. Some of them are going to be available February next year. And some of them are on just an indefinite sort of wibbly-wobbly future position. That's that's the we-don't-actually-intend-to-do-them pile, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's just uh, overinflated promises (laughs) and, uh, and hoping no one will mind. If we say it'll happen someday, someday could be forever away. They can never prove that we don't intend to do it. Hey, on a long enough timeline, any of our promises could theoretically come true. Indeed. You are fucking genius. I know. So... What has found its way into your ear holes? I've honestly had very little time to listen to stuff this week. Mm -hmm. Um... Because it's been such a heavy week of game reviewing, um, I've not really been in like a, a listen to music uh, headspace. I've needed to do words, so I've been listening to a bunch of like different types of white noise, Ooh. Um, which is a thing I, I quite often enjoy a bit of white noise. Same. Um, so some particular white noise examples I've been listening to this week: uh, crashing waves. Ooh. Um, a motorway is recorded from above a bridge, so it's just sort of. Consistent moving traffic sound. Yeah. Um, rain, rain effects. Like, there's a website I go to quite often called Rainy Mood, Ooh. and it's just just leave a tab open. It'll just make sort of rain and light thunderstorm in the distance noises. Aww. Um, just some kind of sound to occupy my brain that isn't in any way words that would distract me from word doing. Yeah, I I love like white noise or just sound generators. Yeah. Um. There's a website called mynoise.net yeah. that I have donated to a couple of times because I've spent hours using their stuff. Yeah. Um, I originally found them through a cat purr generator. Oh, cat purrs are so good, yeah. I, I had wanted a cat for ages. I finally psyched myself up that I was responsible and mentally stable enough to handle owning a cat. Yeah. And my housemate who'd previously gone, yeah, have a cat, suddenly went, no, don't have a cat. And this was, like, after I'd spent all afternoon picking out, like, baskets and litter trays and yeah. a cat tree and all sorts of other things. So yeah. it was quite devastating. Someone was like, here, yeah, have a cat purr. I was like, and sent me a link to it. And it was quite therapeutic for, like, a good yeah. few weeks I needed to calm down. Um, oh, cat purr is a really good one of those noises. It's good because like um, it's got like a a random like an animate sliders option. Yes, I've seen you use this. Yeah, and it'll just sort of change the type of purr you get, like um, uh, like the highs, mids, like the little chirpy sounds you yeah. get on the purr. You can just go. 
I will set this to be like this particular cat that I have memory of. Or you can just go, I just want it to sort of cycle through catness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do loads of different sounds. Um, there oh. was a while where I was playing like six different sounds yeah. together and it sounded almost like uh oh. like a, a like a sci-fi spaceship or something sound it, soundscape you know what's a combination of sounds that's really calming to me mm-hmm. it's rain with a little bit of thunderstorm mm-hmm. combined with tumble dryer oh yeah yeah tumble dry- like cuz i I, th- I think that comes with visions of like warm to f- toasty out the out yeah. the tumble dryer clothes on a cold rainy day mm-hmm. like that's a really good combo there was one I used to listen to that was uh, there. I can't even remember what they're called. Like bin- binaural. Um, oh yeah. Like hums and throbs. So you have sort of something that's just like a... yeah. And then you have something else that's like a much higher sort. Of... Um, and then you have like beeps and other things, and like just other like real low frequency sounds. Things that you feel like right inside you, mm. um, and just like almost to the point where you feel like you're starting to get a bit unhinged with it, with just like the particular combinations of sounds. And I like fucking with my brain in that kind of way sometimes. <laughs> it's just like, how wacky can I get things to the point where I'm starting to feel a bit okay? I need to stop now. <laughs> um, yeah, just like really weird, sort of vaguely sci-fi sounds. But there's other things like. The the person that uh, like runs it goes around the world and is like, I'm gonna sit by a river for an hour yeah. and just record the sound of of water, but also I might capture the sound of like a bird or something else. And the fact that they can isolate each of those sounds so that you can have one on each slider, yeah, and then it sort of randomizes when that's gonna come in and what sort of volume that's gonna be or which one of the the Heck knows how many samples you can make your like your own one like combinations like yeah. I want these aspects from this and those aspects from that yeah my noise is really cool yeah so white noise pretty good when you're having a week like I've had where I'm just like ah nonstop also brown noise is really good oh yeah it's a bit more like beachy yeah. Um, Not to be confused with the brown note. <laughs> yeah. Um, green noise is quite good. What I sometimes like I know white noise is what everyone tends to call most of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like I find white noise sort of jaggy and a bit sharp on the ears sometimes. Well, white noise is a is, is essentially been used as a catch all term yes. for um sort of background hum noises. Yeah. But yeah. You get what I mean. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you listened to this week? I <laughs> um, so I, I I blame outside Xbox for all of this. They right. did a like most annoying tunes in video games, <laughs> and reminded me of Parappa the Rapper. Oh, Parappa the Rapper's great! So I sat and listened to the entire Parappa soundtrack. Oh, those cheesy nineties raps, huh? They're all yeah. very child-friendly rap. I didn't realise, like, the soundtrack of that game's like, 20 minutes long. It's, yeah. It's, it's considering how long it took me to get through that game. Yeah, it was the main reason why that game never got a sequel or anything is... It did. Uh, did didn't it? Did, did it? I thought maybe, Parappa maybe 2 came out. Maybe it did. I never played Parappa 2, if that's the case. I, I feel Parappa 2 came out on PS2. It probably did. 
I, I'm probably just... I'm not up to date too much on my Sonys. I know Parappa 1. I played Parappa 1. Yeah, Parappa, Parappa the Rapper 2. Ah, well. Uh, came out on August the 30th, 2001 for the PlayStation 2. It's also available on PS4. Well, uh, yeah. I, I only ever played the first one. It's got a 97% and 4.5... Uh, 4.4 yeah. out of 5. I love Parappa the Rapper, but it's there's not a lot of material in it. Kick punch, it's all in the mind. <laughs> Oh, that that onion, that chop, onion. Chop chop master onion. Chop chop master onion. Kick punch chop blog. Yeah, for anyone who's never played this, it's a music rhythm game about a rapping dog in a beanie. Yeah. So uh, and sort of as you hit the things, rather than playing a note, he will say a word. Yeah. And if you press it at the wrong time, he will say the wrong word, or he will say it badly. And if you do it often enough, it will change the music to a minor key and make duck quacks happen so it's even harder <laughs> to play the fucking song <laughs> and if you do really really well you can rap freestyle at oh. the end of it Ooh. and if you happen to be doing the uh, the flea market scene yep. you can make some funny lines come out of him hey, hey, about hey. selling skunk <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness uh, it's it's I I didn't realise first of all like how short it was. The fact that like most of the lyrics don't make sense. No, they don't. Like the the I my, I think my favourite track on there is the driving uh, the driving instructor. Yeah. With uh, I didn't know the moose was called Mussolini. So <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, okay, that was that's something I missed as a child. Ah, uh, but yeah, I, I remember playing like the first two levels of that over and over and over and over again, and just being really bad at it. Yeah. And moving house, and I think playing it on like a different telly or something, and all of a sudden I got all the way through to like the end. Yeah. And even got like freestyle on one of the levels, just like what happened? <laughs> you were playing with a lagless telly suddenly. Apparently so, but it was always CRT, so yeah, I didn't even know like that was a thing with CRT. Mm. But yeah, this was many, 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 many years ago. Uh, the the real the real danger telly. Oh, the one that caught fire. Uh, the one that caught fire then got repaired, and then um, there was a problem with the connector on the aerial. <laughs> so some uh, like a friend of a friend came round our house, took the back off the telly, like a CRT telly, <laughs> um, and just like hard tied the aerial cable onto the like inside the back of the telly. Oh, God. <laughs> and we still used it for, like, three fucking years. Oh! It, it dangerous much, yeah? Love it! Oh, dangerous! But, yeah, um... I I enjoy Parappa. Parappa's a, is It's charming. I started listening to the soundtrack from Jamalami as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about that in a while. Nobody has. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, do you want to do Parappa the Rapper, but without rapping and instead with guitar licks? Didn't really work it's very well. Guitar Hero before a Guitar Hero controller, kind I guess. Of. Kind of. I would be interested to know if you can play Guitar Hero with... If you can play Um Jamalami with a Guitar Hero I guitar. would be curious. I'm sure it's been done. I would hope Maybe. it's been done. Maybe. Um, what else? Have you listened to anything else? The only other thing I've really been listening to is I'm still working backwards through the Shut Up and Sit Down podcasts. Oh, yeah. I had to be a bit careful the other day because I wasn't paying attention at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Just walking down the street, podcast done. 
And um, they were doing a spoiler cast for Pandemic Legacy. <gasps> oh, oh. No. <laughs> no, we're only three months into it. We've been playing for three years, like two years, I think. Oh, no. And we've only managed uh, two sessions, sorry, three sessions of it. Yeah. One of those were replaying the first two sessions because we fucked it up. <laughs> but, you know, maybe one day we'll get to play month four of that. <laughs> Or what is more likely, I think, is I'm going to buy my own copy. We're each going to take two characters and we're going to play through it together. I think that <laughs> is probably more likely, yeah. But yeah, that's that. It's not been a heavy listening week. No. 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 Uh, well then, time for this. Hmm. <laughs> Want, want some of that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, did you know? Yeah, you know everyone's uh, always like really focused, yeah, on like the uh, the Illuminati, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're always like yeah, the all-seeing eye, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Did you know that there are other omniscient parts out there that what? no one ever really talks about? What, there like, is a bigger conspiracy. What? It's bigger than the all seeing eye? Yeah, like. There's the all smelling nose. Oh, I get it, I get it. Is there an all hearing ear? Yeah, there's like an all hearing ear and uh, an and, and all licking tongue but weirdly like an all-knowing hand you'd have thought that would be more touchy but yeah it's, yeah uh, it's knowing apparently oh goodness so what yeah. what are the, all these parts make up as a whole what's the big conspiracy well like i reckon yeah yeah i reckon it's exodia rules Oh, I see, I see. So if they put together the all-seeing eye, all-seeing, all-smelling nose, all-hearing ear, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the all-knowing hand. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That all, they'll all come together and that will bring about the end times. Well, that's... Let's hope whatever whatever aliens is drawing cards up there gets a really shitty starting hand, I guess. Well, you know, heart of the cards and all that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Alright. You, uh... You, you, you want to see what I've got for, uh, what I've got going, eh? Hey. Uh, um... What what uh what are you, what are you, what are you offering? I've uh, got got all the different types, you know, or every every type you could want. Um, you're being you're being you're being very vague. Are you are you talking about you it's know? It's got a sachet in it. The sachet. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Oh, you're yeah, you're not fun. you're not talking about. Noodles, are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, noodles, what? Right, chicken and mushroom. Chicken, chicken and mushroom. You got beef and tomato. Beef and tomato. 
Oh, oh, um... Go oh, Bombay bad boy. Oh, goodness. You got any uh, nice, nice and spicy? Chicken curry, is Oh, it? Chick- chicken curry, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got, what, got like, like three of those? Oh, three chicken curry. Yeah, three. Oh. I, 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 I know, I know. I know the good thing. Uh, there, there, there you go. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm going to have a real day night tonight. Oh. You, uh, want an extra sachet? <gasps> I've got a couple of extra sachets. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and palm them off, yeah. Uh, there you go, there you go. Oh. Oh, that's soy sauce! Oh. <laughs> for a lovely time. (laughs) (laughs) Question time. It's time for questions. What's the question? Uh, Job. Hi, Job. Hi. Uh, We'd like to know, have you ever experienced something spoopy you can't explain or heard someone else's experience? Hmm. Have you got an answer for this? I have. But with hindsight and experience and understanding my mental health a bit better, I was just having a really bad mental health time. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as spooky. I suppose the the one I've talked about previously is when I was little and was watching TV on the danger telly that we, we've, ah, only, the danger we've telly, only just yes. talked about. It's weird that it floats up again. Um, I was watching Child's Play and uh, it scared me, so I turned it off. Oh no, it turned itself off. <laughs> so I tried to turn it back on. I pressed the button in, and then all this smoke rose out of the 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 uh, the, the power on button. I was like, I'm just just gonna unplug that and go to bed. Oh no! Yeah. So that I suppose that's the closest thing to something spoopy. Uh, the the one that always the one the, the first thing that's come to mind for me was um. When I when I thought I was seeing the afterlife, and it turns out that actually uh, I'd been, been given I'd been, I'd a been triage given, drug. I'd been given a triage drug after a uh, a motorcycle accident, and I thought I was seeing the afterlife, and it was a horrifying mess of uh, uh, being trapped in the eternity between two mirrors, and uh, the world going on a loop and fading in and out, and yeah, that. That was what I thought was a mysterious circumstance and uh, really a spooky should event. Warn people about that stuff. Yes, and then it turned out no, you were just k-holing because because you were in a car, you were in a vehicle collision. And it's one of those drugs that they can give you as a triage drug that doesn't really react to anything. It, yeah, it's it's not a thing you're likely to be allergic to or that's going to counter react with, react anything, with else. anything else. But they don't tell you that, and then you wake up from the floor like, oh, is is that what happens when I die? Okay, thanks. There's a reason they call it regretment. Indeed. Uh, Rob Sothoff would like to know, would you consider doing voice acting for a video game or anime? I would love to if the opportunity came up. Definitely. I love doing silly voices. I I would love the opportunity. There's a couple that like I could do consistently enough that I'd love to do them. Like I'd love to do the Sherry Ladies in something. Yeah, I'm sure we could think of something. Oh, yes. yes, I'm sure the two of us in the background of the scene could have a rather wonderful conversation. Yes, dear. It would be fan favorite characters. Well, we may, maybe if they ever did another Broken Sword, we could, we could be sitting in the background chatting to Mrs. Pyrmont. Oh, oh goodness. Oh. Contact us for voice acting work today. They're, do- they're doing a bro- uh, uh, Beneath the Steel Sky sequel. Um, Mrs. Piermont was in that as well. So. Wow. Mm, yes, dear. Yes. Uh, uh, which show slash game would be your preference? Mm. Ooh. 
Um, Jim Sterling's licensed video game experience. <laughs> <laughs> I w- wouldn't. I. I. Yeah. I wish. I'd like to be in that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I. I hope that that is a thing one day. Maybe Justin will make a game and and need some voice actors for that. Yeah, he's doing games now. He he is indeed. Oh, go check out Feisty Heist. Yeah, I believe it's on each.io. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry yelling in me. Hi, Larry. Uh, do either of y'all remove tags from your clothes? And if so, what is the best method for doing so? Uh, doing it if you've tried. Uh, yes, yes, I do that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my clothes don't have tags in anymore because uh, because they are uncomfortable. They are labels. uncomfortable labels available in stores now, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the best method I find tends to be like initially go for it with just a pair of scissors, get as close as you can without cutting the um the the obviously the the bit where it's stitched on. Um, beyond that, like, worst case scenario, a pair of tweezers will, will pull the excess off if you've got straggly bits after you've done that. Um, if you still find it being scratchy and fiddly, a a, a thin coat of, like, clear nail polish over it will stop it being quite so scratchy on where you've cut it down. Mm Mm-hmm. You got any advice on this? Uh, years ago, I just used to rip them out, which ended up with me having holes in lots of clothes. Yeah, but it's the it's the best way to not have the tag there. It's, it's the most sudden way to go. I've dealt with this thing yes. that was. Oh, don't get me wrong. Spoiling my I've brain. R- I've ripped a few tags out of clothes, but I try uh, and preempt it now. I tend to just remove them when I buy clothes where possible. Yeah, this thing like try them on if they're in a place that's annoying you. I mean, like I don't find every. Uh, one annoys me, but sometimes it's either the the material they're made of or the position they're in that just annoys the piss See, out. Of I me. haven't removed the neck tag out of this shirt yet, and now that the more we're talking about, it, the more I'm like, oh no, I feel it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it. I I can feel the one in in this shirt as well. Yeah, and I I think it's mostly because we're talking about it. Yeah, it's it's gotten in my brain now. Ugh. Um, stitch picker, just yes. get a stitch picker, and if you have to. So sew that bit back up again, but uh, yeah, if you've got the time, a stitch picker is probably the best one, and just go through it carefully, pull it out, and then just like sew over the top to stop the whole rest of the thing unraveling. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> it's not an interesting answer, but there we go. It's a useful answer. Uh, Becky Twohill, hi Becky. Hi. Uh, favorite dice one Ken PCs. Oh. Uh, Winnie from season three of Dice Funk. Oh, Our adorable Winnie. jellyfish friend. Pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> Pineapple. Hi. It's your boy Winnie. It's your boy Winnie. <laughs> oh, Winnie was too pure for this world. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Was it Winnie's jam? Yeah, Winnie's jam. Um, I I also really like uh, Diane West, uh, LeVay Westerly. Uh, Frank, I was going to say Frank's kids. Yeah, like both, both of the, both of those kids were like pretty great, but Diane in particular, conduit of duckies, duck bats, conduit duck bats, duck bats were adorable. Duck bats are adorable. Daddy, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She had very. She really reminded me of like a a less destructive Anne from season one. A little bit, (laughs) but like yeah, but. Both of Frank's kids, I 
I didn't know I could care this much for fictional children. Austin did a great job. He made me care for my fictional babies. <laughs> they were your fictional babies. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, Tricky. Hi, Tricky. We'd like Hi. to know, uh, which crime are you most likely to commit? Mm. Being gay. Being gay. That, that, be, being trans. <laughs> in many places in the world, yeah. those are crimes. In many places in the world, existence is a crime. Um, I don't know. Um, stealing digital media from a huge corporation that can afford it. <laughs> Yeah, um, it depends. It depends how badly Brexit goes. Yeah, at that point, you know, potentially shoplifting for food. Oh, yeah, you know, having having been in a place where I couldn't afford to put food on the table, mm-hmm. you can't make ends meet. You do. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, eating the rich. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I'm not opposed to. Punching some Nazis, technically illegal, morally fine. (laughs) Absolutely morally fine. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll punch a Nazi here or there. Yeah. Some some, some protesting what I've been told I'm not allowed to, I'll do that. Yeah, you know know how they're trying to take away our right to protest? Yeah. Basically, we all made of it dark, didn't we? Yeah, I'll get all, the bleak up. All, all of the we're going to live in a fascist utopia and need to stand up against it crimes. Yeah, yeah, bleak. Uh, <laughs> wife boy, hi, hi. We'd like to know uh, what's your favourite new Pokemon from Sword and Shield. Oh. Every time I get asked this question, I give a different answer. <laughs> I failed to settle on one yet. Um. So, I think my... I'm going to say a couple of contenders right now. Mm-hmm. I think Galarian Ponytar is adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Yampa, the electric dog with a heart on its butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ghost in a cup of tea is cute as heck. Um, and I, I've... Uh, one that has grown on me really recently is Sobble's final evolution. Uh, it does little finger guns and shoots more of its finger guns. And my god, when I was streaming that game and we got its final evolution, pe- the number of people in the chat who were like, didn't think I was a furry, I am now. Because <laughs> they're just like, they're just getting. I- I'm like, first of all, your scaly's not furries. <laughs> Second of all, that is one suave fucking lizard. <laughs> they- they've got the same energy as. Um, as Double Trouble from, from, okay, from She Ra. Yeah, like, yeah. that sort of like, mm-hmm, yes. Bang with my finger guns, and everyone's just like sploosh. <laughs> we like this fish, man. The, the water guns—they make us go sploosh. <laughs> um, those are my answers right now, but th- they change given uh, given the day they're changing. Uh, mine would be either Wulu or the sentient jizz. Oh, the I'm sentient jizz. Uh, mil milsery. Yeah, mil, yeah. not camsery. Oh, <laughs> uh, can, can I just say I, this? Very minor spoilers, but do you know how you evolve that to turn it into the whipped cream Pokemon? You give it a strawberry and spinny. Yeah, you do a spinny. You do a spinny one. I hold Pokemon trainer go spinny. Pokemon trainer go spinny with, with holding a strawberry and it turns into strawberry whipped cream. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. I love this game. It's it's pretty adorable. Oh, I like the yet. thing about evolving uh, Sefetched as well. Yes, He's got to prove himself. Yeah, his whole Pokedex entry for Galarian uh, Farfetched is about like he's a warrior and he's got to prove that he can be a, a warrior. It's his whole purpose. 
And you have to have him solo, like, three Pokemon in a row in the same Pokemon battle without any help, where it's just like, nope, he's gonna fight me, he's gonna beat him, no one's gonna help him, he's gonna do it himself, and he evolves. Mm. I'm like, that's, that's cute. Oh, also the, um, the, the Transforest Witch. Oh, the Transforest Witch, yeah, the little Hat Witch. Yeah, Hat Witch is adorable. I've got too many that I like. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. I think uh, Jim Sterling made a very good point the other day, talking about how... You could have got over all this Dexit bullshit by just making an I, entirely new range of Pokemon. I, I think he's being really optimistic, and I think this. Oh, I this think there was always going to be bollocks, but like I, I don't think it would have been any less. I, I think it would have been arguably worse had no Pokemon been coming back. We need our Charizard because at that point people would have gone, "Oh, do I have to pay for 3DS Bank forever for my collection?" Yes, you do. Yeah, like. <laughs> Uh, I I have conflicted feelings on that. I I would he, here's the thing they've done that in the past, mm. and it was the games that sold least, like okay. black and white, uh, Pokemon black and white. But until you completed the league and the Pokedex and everything, there were like a hundred and twenty or something new Pokemon, and those were the only ones you could find. There were no returning ones. It was just those, mm. and that is one of the worst selling games in the series. I I agree with you. I would like that. I'm. I'm playing through the story right now using only exclusively new Pokemon to this game. I want a game full of Wait, like. Don't you have a Pikachu? Uh, not on my team. Uh, okay. I had on my backup on my backup team. Um, I've been leveling up like extra things to get them to evolve, but that's the only ones I've seen. I've not had time. Yeah. No, my 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 standard team that I'm doing the story with is entirely new Pokemon, and the only reason I've used not new Pokemon is so that I don't progress while I'm not on stream, but. I agree with you I would like that, but I can understand why Game Freak doesn't do it, because it doesn't sell. People like their old stuff. Uh, what's your favourite returning Pokemon? Ooh, uh, Mimikyu. Mimikyu made it into Sword and Shield, and I love Mimikyu so much. It, is, is there a specific uh, Galarian form for Mimikyu? There's no new form for Mimikyu, um, but for anyone who doesn't know, the whole thing with Mimikyu is that they're just a really scary Pokemon that, like, People would have, like, heart attacks and stuff looking at them. They're real scary. And that made them real sad, because they just wanted to make friends and no one would, would could look at them. So they make a Pikachu outfit, because Pikachu is really popular and everyone loves Pikachu. And it makes this little homemade Pikachu outfit to be like, I'm, I'm a Pikachu, please love me. And I'm like, it's okay, I love you, I love you, my scary baby. It's totally an oddish. <laughs> is Oddish just... terrifying to you? No, um, little little Char and the gang. Mm. The, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Facebook thing, mm. the Mimikyu in that. <laughs> they were just like, it's totally an Oddish. Yeah, also, sorry. go check out little Char and the gang. It's really, it's cute. adorable. Baba, <laughs> <laughs> Um, excess po- Pokemon hype wookie. Hi, hi. <laughs> uh, we'd like to know. Um, Sword and Shield features mashup. Uh, fossil Pokemon. Oh yeah, do you do you know about this? I do. <laughs> Which classic fossil Pokemon would you mash up, and how would you stop the screams? Yeah. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, usually in Pokemon games you find a fossil, you revive that Pokemon, you get the oldest Pokemon back to life. In this, you find halves of fossils, and you can combine them to create creatures that were never meant to be. You can do like, here's the top half of a dinosaur and the bottom half of a fish. We stuck the fossils together. Here's an abomination that doesn't look like it should exist. Um, uh, honestly, the only fossil Pokemon from old games I really care about uh, are Omanyte and Kabuto. And how would I 
make the screaming stop. I wouldn't, like, smack, uh, crack the fossils in half and mush them together that way. I'd take two complete fossils, put them back to back, so it's just an Omanyte riding on a Kabuto, and the two of them are just best friends who are born together and get to be, like, twinsies. See, you you said that, and I immediately thought of the, the twins from, is it Hellraiser 3? Uh, when their heads oh, are twisted together. God. With the, with the thing. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, I don't know enough about fossil Pokemon to answer this question, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Callum Turner, hi Callum! Uh, are there any colours of clothes slash accessories that you like but don't own many of? Do you have an answer for this? Purple. I yeah. own maybe one purple item of clothing, which yeah. is my Laura K. Buzz hoodie, mm. available at, at Laura K. Buzz.spreadshirt.co.uk uh, Something like that. Look look for Laura K. Buzz and Spreadshirt if yeah. you if you want any of that cool cool merch. You can you can have like that that logo is tattooed on my arm on a on a t shirt. <laughs> but with with words. Um I love purple. When I first came out I wore a lot of purple. And I do not suit a lot of purple. I love it. But it's 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 I uh, it's someone described it as a really heavy colour to wear all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't wear a lot of purple. I love it. Uh I've oh I've got that Stone Monkey Radio t shirt that's um yeah. purple with white splashes all over it. I, I would agree on purple actually. I own a couple of purple things. Like I recently bought um check out Cosmignon on Twitter. They do oh, a bunch yeah. of really good dice funk art, but they uh they 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 make a bunch of stuff you can buy that art on, and there is a Sasha as the Mothman from from Dice Funk with the trans pride flag around their neck on a purple shirt. That's sort of blurple though. It's, it's that's pretty. It's, I thought it was. Yeah, but it's purple. it's like blue end of purple rather than red end of purple. Oh, okay. I sorry, I didn't realize I was talking about the wrong kind of purple. You weren't talking about the wrong kind of purple. I, I like lots of kinds of purple. There's a, there, purple covers quite a wide spectrum. I like a lot of types of purple. That was just one example of yeah. a rare purple thing I own, and I like yeah. lots of purple things. It's a good purple. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Nick of Strong Style. Hi, Nick. Hi. Uh, what is your favorite taunt? In all of games. Hmm. Taunt. Uh, the only one I can think of right now is in Smash Brothers. It's uh, Captain Falcon going, Show me your moves! I never use them. I'm usually too busy hammering buttons hoping I want to die moves. immediately. Show me your moves! I will. <laughs> Starts boogieing. <laughs> um... I love I I love Dedu Mol, Molinaro. Uh, what is the first dish you learned to cook? Mmm, first dish I learned to cook. Ha! Huh. You got an answer for this? Um, does dessert count as a dish? I think it does. Uh, a chocolate roulade. Oh, lovely! It's really hard to make, but um, yeah, it was. I was sent like. I got interested in cooking because I liked food. Um, I wasn't very good at cooking. They kept throwing things in pans like, I like this flavour, I like this flavour, I like this flavour. Oh, it's all horrible. Um, And I think my nan sent me to like uh, a summer cooking class where I learned uh, first day chocolate roulade. Which is quite a difficult starting position 
Really? Yeah. Because getting the damn thing to roll without it sort of just collapsing on itself is uh, pretty impressive. I think it had bits of banana in it as well and just like really thick whipped cream. So it was it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the next yeah. day after that we made vegetable curry. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. the the first meal I remember like with some help uh being going through the steps and helping make was a, a red lentil curry soup. Ooh. Yeah. Can't remember. I was pretty young, but that was that was the first time I remember helping like make a meal. Got any other questions? Uh Lucy would like to know what's your favourite texture? Ooh, um uh lot mm, lots of lots of textures. Um I really like uh very fine, soft, fluffy stuff. Smudge. Smudge smudge is good. Smudge is good do pets on. Smudge is good do pets. I think we've answered this question before. Because I feel like I said smudge and pubes. <laughs> I, li- I like stroking the pubes. Yeah. I've, I've got a couple of small stuffed animals that just have like really nice soft texture to just rub my hand against. Like good texture feels. Mm-hmm. Your blue bunny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very good and fluffy. Yeah. Uh, Caladry. Hi, Caladry. Hi. Uh, if you could Dynamax yourself for one thing, what would it be? It is a Pokemon thing, by the way, if you don't know it's a Pokemon thing. This could either be a one-time ever, or for one thing that repeats itself. Ooh. Um, hmm. <laughs> the first answer I had come into my head was, um, Dynamax form, when I need to give you four head kisses and I just become the tall girlfriend. The I'd, tallest girlfriend. I don't become huge, I become just like... Big enough to give you top-down forehead kisses. Just gain a foot. <laughs> Just gain a foot and go like... Turn to max every time I need to give you kisses. <laughs> so I can just look up at you and yeah. lean my head on your chest. <laughs> um... Dynamax form where I become a plane so I can be a, a fuel-efficient form of transport. Wait, they can fly? Um... Some of these Gigantamax or Dynamax forms totally change shape. Oh, okay. So, like... I'm, I'm, I'll become a huge plane. There we go. Done. I, I, I don't really know what Dynamax is. It's I, I know the Gigantamax is the yeah. chunky Pikachu. It's, it's generally you just get really big, but you could also change shape and become like something that is a, a different form of yourself. Um, I mean, I think looming obviously <laughs> would be the would be the the funnest thing. But I think like crushing capitalists. <laughs> just like I just turn into like Godzilla and just s- smash capitalism. Yeah, like could could I have a Dynamax form where I get I become like nine foot tall and a bit a bit hench, so that like if I'm being threatened by aggressive assholes, suddenly it's like oh you're gonna you're gonna start on me. I'm nine foot tall. What you gonna do? Oh, I'd want to be like eighty foot tall and just like smashing through Whitehall <laughs> and Kensington. <laughs> Jane uh. Smash! Firing <laughs> uh. <laughs> <Fine>, lasers. <laughs> uh, that is all the questions. Well then, sign for, for this. this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochal Justice Warriors. Brochal Justice Warriors? Yeah. yeah. Right, Larry. Right, Larry. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. How's you? Yeah, how's it all going with you? Uh, any, anything been on your mind this week? Yes. Yeah, I was uh, thread on Twitter the other day about uh, a 
wheelchair user, she uh, was in a hotel and the fire alarms went off and nobody seemed to know what to do with them. They they yeah. got they got parked in the evacuation space on on the stairs and then just left there. Yeah. While everyone else was evacuated and the staff didn't know where the evacuation equipment was or how to use it. Yeah, well, I'm imagining this is one of those situations where they probably got, oh, we've got uh, we've got elevators and lifts in our hotel, therefore disabled guests can get up and down. Why would we need to know anything more than that? And complacency has suddenly gone, oh, wait, we didn't think about disabled people in our uh, emergency plans. Well, the thing was that like, they had, it turned out eventually that they had a piece of equipment for helping to get disabled people out, but no one there knew how to use it. Yeah. And and while trying to work it out, they were like using it on each other to see if they could work out how this device works, and none of them knew. Yeah. And I understand that towards the end, a fire marshal asked them why they hadn't just used the lift. You know, the lift. Well, you are told not to use a lift in a in the event of a fire. Yeah. Apparently, unless you're disabled, I, and you get free access. I I do feel like. If there's been several minutes of fumbling around, not sure how to get you out of a building that might be on fire, I think you probably do take your chances at that point in the lift. But that's not what you should have to do. No, and, you know, this is concerning. Like, I'm sure at some point somebody had training on how to use this equipment. Yeah. But I feel like that needs to be more of a regular thing. Oh, it is. You need to make sure people... First of all, everyone is trained in it because you don't know who's going to be in or out. Yeah. And then that that is like a regularly refreshed piece of I, of course. I feel like every time you do a fire test drill alarm on in your building, which yeah. you've got to do, uh, place uh place a member of staff in a wheelchair in a random location or on a random floor and go, okay, we're doing a drill. Yeah, this this member of staff needs help. Exactly. Like, Test it, practice it, do the thing. Yeah, uh, or you know, maybe not just one. Have like enough people. That everyone has experienced how this equipment works, how what the evacuation procedure is for those people. Because you can't just leave people in limbo like, oh, am I just going to burn to death at the top of a flight of stairs? Yeah. Because no one seems to have made any fucking allowance for me. Yeah. And the other thing is like, these, peop- these people mentioned the fact they'd asked specifically for an accessible room. Yeah. Why were they not on the ground floor in the first place? Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, I, I get that there are, you know, you can have accessible rooms like, you know, maybe like options for getting onto and off of the toilet, things like that, or beds of a certain height, things of, you know, yeah. more accessible, like, heights and things. But, and and that can be on a different floor, but if that's going to be the case, you need to make sure that you can get people out in an emergency. Yeah, yeah. And what about visitors? If someone comes to visit someone else in the hotel, you need to make sure that you can get everybody out in all situations. It's mm. just not good enough to leave people there potentially going, well, this might be the end of me just because no one bothered to think about me or care about my well-being. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're you know, willing to take their money. They might even charge them a premium for the ability to use uh, additional facilities. Yeah. That's, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough at all. And, and they really need to do more and, like, start thinking... As, as a start point. As a world, we need to think about these things more. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. 
You want no dog? Yeah, I'm a rat for yeah. mate. Ah, good, 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 mate. Yeah, yeah, we'll have that coming Yeah. Lord, 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 me? Yeah. What about me? Well, I have a very serious question for <gasps> you. I know question time is over, but. Where can we find you on the internet? See, I knew that that, that, that was where it was going, but I still felt really anxious and nervous. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, currently, I am live streaming my story mode playthrough of Pokemon Sword, so you can either check that out uh, 2 p.m. through probably about 6 p.m. Monday to Friday on Twitch, or as daily episodes on YouTube. Uh, you can find everything I publish on laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, uh, freelance pieces, videos, podcasts, it all ends up there. You can find a bunch of my reviews on Polygon at the moment. Um, there is my review of Golem. Uh, what else did I review before that? Well, I can't remember what it was I was reviewing. Planet Zoo, um, Disco Elysium. And probably a not very good game that we talked about this week will probably be up on, on Polygon by now. Golem. Uh, no, no, another one. Another one. Another one of the not great games that I've played this <laughs> week. Um, other so than, much choice. <laughs> other than that, you can find me... At, I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. You can find it in book places where books are sold, or as an audiobook at laurakbuzzstore.com. And they make wonderful gifts. <laughs> in the gift-giving period, which is coming <laughs> up soon. Uh, there is also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a, uh, a compendium of silly and serious illustrated video game character butt reviews that is coming out in October 2020. Uh, other than that, Pixel Squirt, it's a video game porn review podcast. Uh... There is Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each season is a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. And um uh, Podquisition, we talk about video games, but also a lot about lefty politics. And I'm probably gonna be guesting on a podcast soon that is quite cool. So next week listen out for a cool announcement about a place I'll be guesting on a thing. I don't think I've told you about this yet. No, I'll it's the first you, I've heard I'll about it. I'll tell you about it after the outro. Uh, what about you? Where are you on the internet? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube, but you can also find me on soundcloud.com slash Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. I'm also uh, paypal.me slash Magnet if you want to send me some one-offs to help me pay the bills. Alternatively, I'm on patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio, and I'd like to thank my Patreons. Uh, this month's Patreons include Math Tiger asks what is 280.46 times 1.5. It, it, it's 42069. <laughs> uh, thank you to Jaden. Thank you to Cassiopeia Swift. To Lula. Callum. Muscles stop stealing my name Turner. <laughs> uh, Snake Kearney. The Christmas Snake. Aww. 
J. Longer, J. Logan, Conduit Queerness, Mage of Life, Larry Yelling NB, Tales of Inquiry, Robin Anton, Kellogy is thankful that her spirit is bound to the awe-inspiring Mitzi. Aww. Aww. Uh, Robert Con uh, Cube Conquer. Okay. Uh, Jürgen Indie Monster Mainwick Ferde, Conduit of Name Butchering, has got rid of the, the letters now. So I don't have to do the letters anymore. Perhaps they realised that breaking Austin wasn't an option. Oh, uh, and Basin is back. Thank you so very very much for all of your your help with doing things. I I had to cash out my Patreon the other week to pay for dent urgently needed dental work because I was in agony. Uh, so thanks everyone who supported that. Yay. Uh, I think that's everything. Well then. Oh, Redbubble. I'm on Redbubble. You can find me there, Stone Monkey Radio. You can buy a butt plug soup thing. And I'm about to design a load more t-shirts oh, after this. Because you made a font. I made a font. But also I came up with a really great idea. It's a sign that goes on the front of your chest and it says you must be at least this tall to ride the looming mistress. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do other versions with other Oh, that's, gender that's fucking great. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> So oh, until dear. next time, be a stranger. <laughs>